For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, last week we looked at 1 Peter 5 and talked about the need to exhale. This is a stressful time. It's a, it's a scary time. It's, it's been a, a time in which there's a lot of uncertainty around uh, our health, uh, around jobs, around what's it going to be like with kids in school all the time or in school part of the time or not part of the time. There's the uncertainty and the anxiety that surrounds the election that's coming up. There's the, there's the uncertainty and the anxiety and the, and the sorrow concerning the racial tension that we experience in this country country, including right here in our own city. And we talked last week about the fact that as Christians, we can find ourselves holding our breath. And we need to exhale. We need to cast all our anxieties upon the Lord because He cares for us, remembering that God knows better than we do how our life should be going and knowing that He has both the hand and the heart to see us through. That was last week. This week it's inhale. There are truths that Paul tells us in this passage that we need to be breathing in, taking into our lives in order to run the Christian race because the Christian life is a race. The author of Hebrews tells us that we're to run with endurance the race that is set before us. I agreed this week to run a Tough mutter with my son next September. I don't know why. I guess it makes sense that you're laughing. It's crazy. But then I realized, you know what, there's a lot of parallels between a Tough mutter and the Christian life. Right? You fall down a lot. Uh, you need other people to help you get through the course. There's a mountain to climb. It is, I looked this up yesterday. Oh my goodness. It's an A-frame, so like a 12-12 pitch if you're a construction person. It's three stories high. And it's a cargo net. It's called the Mutterhorn. There's something called the Arctic Enema. I'm sure that applies to our sanctification in some way. I'm not sure how. It's going to take a lot of endurance to get through a tough mutter. I'm going to need to breathe. And it takes a lot of endurance to get through the Christian life. We need to exhale. And we need to inhale. And in the same way that we breathe in and oxygen reaches to every cell of our body, so too as we breathe in these truths that we see in places like here in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, we experience renewal. That's God's will for us as Christians, that we look to Him and experience renewal, that we move on from strength to strength in the Christian life. Not our own strength, but His strength. All the strength that He provides in His Son, Jesus Christ, for our sanctification. And so we need to breathe in the truth of Scripture. And we find some of it right here in this passage. In fact, Paul tells us in this passage that there are three things that we need to be taking in in order for God to bring renewal to our souls. Those three truths are this, that the power of God, if you're a Christian, the power of God is transforming you. 
Second, the love of Christ is for you. And then third, the fullness of God is filling you. That's where we're headed. First, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we are thankful for this portion of your word. We're thankful for this reminder that we have from it. That you, O oh God, are a good God. You love your people. You, would, you ask us to ask of you great things like this. That we would know and experience your power at work in us. That we would know and experience that which is beyond knowledge, which is the love of your Son for us. And then we would be filled with your fullness. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So first, the power of God is transforming you. Now, earlier, this isn't Paul's first prayer in Ephesians. Earlier in Ephesians, he had prayed for the people who would be reading this letter, which includes us. And he had prayed specifically that they would know three things. In fact, look back at Ephesians 1. We're going to just look at 15 through 19 real quick. Paul says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, and then he prays for, th- uh, for three things here, the, the, the wisdom, the knowledge... In revelation of the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. So there's the first thing He's praying for. What the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints is. So there's the second thing. And then third, He prays that they would know the immeasurable greatness of His power toward those who believe. And then here, He he goes on then to, in in verse 19 and following of uh, Ephesians 1, He prays that they would know that power in three different ways. The power of the resurrection of Christ, this is verse 20, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. The power of the ascension of Christ when He seated Christ at His right hand in the heavenly places. And then He points to the power that He exerted when He gave Christ dominion over all things. And so there's this amazing power that Paul is praying, this power of God that Paul's praying that we will know. And then back in Ephesians chapter 3, he turns to God and he prays that we would know that power when it comes to our inner transformation. God, this power that you exerted when you raised God from, from raised Jesus from the dead, this power that you exerted when he was ascended into heaven, this power that you exerted in his dominion over all things, bring that power to bear, Paul prays, in the transformation of your people. Here in Ephesians chapter 3. We see that in verses uh, 16 and the first part of verse 17. So take a look again. Ephesians 3, 16. Paul prays that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Let's just take those few verses there. In your inner being, that's the location that Paul is praying God will exert this power in your life. Your inner being is the you that you are when no one is looking. In other words, it's the you that you really are. Not the facade that you put up for everyone to see. It's the you that if you're a Christian, it's the you that you know you can't change in your own power. And so you know that you need help. And Paul knows that we need help. And so he prays for inner transformation. That's what he's getting at in the first part of verse 17. When he prays so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now what does that mean? In John chapter 14, 
we see there Jesus saying that he takes up residence in the hearts of his people when we put our trust in him. And so it's not as though Christians don't already have Christ indwelling us by his spirit. We do. So what does this mean? This has more to do with the idea of Christ by his spirit indwelling our hearts, doing the work to make our hearts reflect who he is. Think of it as a remodel. The of you watch, uh, I can't remember, I think it's Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? You ever watch that show? I don't even know if it's still on. They go into this house that's just a complete and utter wreck most of the time. And then there's Demo Day, which Chip really seems to be into. Looks like a lot of fun unless you're doing it. And then there's always a little bit of Chip and Joanna left behind. Like, you know that they have been there doing the remodel on that house. And if you know the show, you know what that little clue is that they have been there. Shiplap. They put shiplap in everything. You know that this is a Chip and Joanna Gaines remodel if you see chiplap. Shiplap, sorry. You, you know that it is a remodel in the life of a Christian if you see fruit. If you see the fruit of Jesus Christ being born as a believer abides in Jesus. And what Paul is saying here is, God, by your power, working through your spirit, the spirit of Christ, take that interior person, take that broken, flawed, nearly needing to be condemned house that is the heart of each Christian and do a remodel in such a way that it is evident to all who lives there. That you, Jesus, dwell there because your fruit is being born in their lives. Now, what's the result of that work in our hearts? Pain. Every day is demo day in the Christian life. Every single day. There's demo work to be done. Pain. Slow progress. It is a lifelong process. This sanctification, this being transformed into the image of our Savior Jesus Christ. And it can be slow. I have never, well, I guess it's possible. Very few people experience a remodel job on their home that gets done ahead of schedule. And it takes the whole life for this remodel work to be done in our hearts. Pain, slow progress, but the promise that God will finish the work that he began in us. That's Philippians 1.6. He who began a remodel in you will see it through to completion. So take heart. The power of God is transforming you if you are a Christian. Don't lose heart. Second, the love of Christ is for you. Now let's take a look again at our passage. And I want to just, you know, kind of, it's easy when you read this text to kind of get lost in the words a little bit. So I want to string a few phrases together so that we can isolate what Paul is praying for when it comes to the love of Christ. So take a look at the beginning of the passage, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. And then now jump down to verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, and now jump down to verse 18, actually the second half of verse 17, you, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. 
Paul's going before the Father. He's praying, God, out of the resources of your glory, which are abundant, take these people who are rooted and grounded in love and enable them to to know the unknowable, to comprehend the incomprehensible, the height and the breadth, the length and the depth of the love of Jesus Christ for them. You see, it's, it's one thing to think about the love of Christ in kind of an external way. Like, of course, Jesus loves people. But we sing the children's song, Jesus loves me, this I know. But really what we're singing in our hearts is, Jesus loves you, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Everyone else but me belong. It's not what this word tells us. Jesus loves you. This incomprehensible, unimaginable love of Christ, if you are a Christian, is for you. Paul prays that you would know it. Know that which is unknowable. Comprehend that which is incomprehensible. In other words, he's not saying set your head aside and don't bother to learn these things. What he is saying is as you learn these things, oh God, may it be that they experience the truth of these things, namely the reality of the love of Jesus Christ on their heart for them. Let that be something that they taste, Peter would say, and see is good. Jonathan Edwards in the Religious Affections talks about the fact that there's a difference between knowing that honey is sweet and tasting of its sweetness. And there's a world of difference between knowing what the Bible says about the love of God and Jesus Christ and actually experiencing the reality of that love for you. And what Paul is praying here is that that will happen in the heart of Christians. Do you believe that that is for you? It is. This power, the same power that God exerted when He raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that power, if you are a Christian, is at work in you. And this love that is the love of Christ is love that is meant to be known, not just in an intellectual way, but in an experiential, relational way, is meant to be known by you. The power of God is transforming you. The love of Christ is for you. Third, the fullness of God is filling you. Last half of the passage, of the last verse, in verse 19, Paul prays that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we become God's. Paul tells us in Colossians 1.19 that all the fullness of God dwells in Christ. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 that the church is to grow up into Christ until it reaches full maturity, until it reaches His fullness, if you will. And what he's saying in these passages is that as we look to Christ, we are transformed into His image. We become like Him. We begin to reflect in our life and in our life together what it means to be united to Him. The implications of that are glorious. 
Listen, the best illustration I've heard in terms of how to think about fullness and being filled is this, that our hearts are like a thimble and the fullness of God is like the ocean. We can never, ever, ever fit all the fullness of God into the thimble, but the thimble can be filled with God's fullness. That's what is meant to happen. When Paul talks about all the fullness of God, he's not talking about all in terms of quantity, but all in terms of purity. That's what's filling us, is His fullness. Now that's something that is coming. In the same way that we're called to be holy as God is holy. 1 Peter 1. And in the same way that we're called to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew chapter 5. These are things that are progressively true of us and will one day fully and finally be true of us. In that same way, be filled with all the fullness of God is progressively true of you. If you believe that there's no way that you can change, this heart that feels so corrupt could never be made pure, the promise of God is that it will. That's the work that God is doing in you. Never completely in this day, in this life. But this remodel work that Jesus is doing in your heart, it involves the addition of entirely new rooms so that there's more of your heart to be filled up with God's fullness. Increasingly this happens. In the end, in glory, it will happen completely. So how do we... How do we take these truths in? If these are the things that we're called to take in, how do we take them in? How do we breathe in these truths? And Paul tells us in this passage, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize it with, with a few, you know, really four key words. Pray, meditate, believe, belong. Pray, meditate, believe, belong. Pray. Paul, in verses 14 and 15, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from every family in heaven and on earth His name, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened, etc. Pray. He prays to the Father. What he's saying here is that all creation owes its existence to God, and every creature is dependent upon God. In other words, you and I, right here, as we pray... As we meet, as we breathe, as we live, as we pray for transformation, we are dependent entirely on the Father. And Paul prays, out of the riches of your glory, there is immeasurable resources in God for your transformation. So pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to apply these truths to your heart. That's what you see happening in this passage in verse 16. That He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit. In your inner being. Pray. None of this happens just kind of automatically. God invites us to seek Him for these things. Pray. Second, meditate. Meditate on God's Word. Imagine for just a second that we don't have this passage. We don't have Ephesians. We don't have the Bible. We would have no understanding of the power of God. We would have no understanding of the interior work of the Spirit. We would have no knowledge of the sacrificial, incomprehensible love of Christ. We would have no idea of the promise to be filled to all the fullness of God. But we have God's Word. He tells us about His power at work in us. He tells us about the love of Christ for us. 
He tells us His will for us, that we be filled with all His fullness, that we be holy as He is holy, that we love as He loves. He tells us He has given His Spirit to seal these truths to our hearts. So meditate on these truths. Take them in. Believe what God has said, third. So pray, meditate on God's Word, believe what God has said. Paul points to faith in this passage. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Believe what God has said. Pray, meditate, believe, and finally belong. Take a look with me at verse 18. Paul prays that we have, may, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. When Paul prays that, it means all Christians from the point that he prayed that until now. All Christians throughout history. But it also means all Christians together. John Stott put it this way, It needs the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. I mean, let that sink in. It needs the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. I learn more about who God is as I see the way in which He is working in your life and in your life, and in your life, than I would if I simply knew the way God was working in my life. In fact, I need you to point out how God is working in my life because I'm often so blind to it that I might better comprehend His love. Pray, meditate, believe, belong. Alright, let's wrap up. Last two weeks, exhale. These are trying, stressful, uncertain times. Have you been holding your breath without realizing it? Exhale. Cast all your anxieties on the Lord. He knows better than you how your life should be going and He has both the hand and the heart to see you through. So, exhale. Inhale. The power of God is transforming you. The love of Christ is for you. And the fullness of God is filling you as you look to Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that you would help us to do something as simple as breathe as we seek to live the Christian life. When we find ourselves bound up with anxiety, fearful, eyes falling short of your glory, holding our breath, Lord, would you help us to cast all our anxieties on you? And would you help us to take in all that is true concerning your work and your love and your will for your people? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.